Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Well, we have a wonderful program for you this week, and I really urge you to take a couple of deep breaths and listen to this clip. I really believe that you'll benefit from it. I want you to do what the Word of God says with me, because it's so unique. Sweet words are like honeycomb, sweet to the mind and healing to the body. Think of that. And when you begin to consider that we are guests in Satan's world system, and you begin to realize how much God loves his people. I was told a story this week of a a child who was born partially crippled, but he was trained through physical therapy to walk some. And as his mom and dad took him to physical therapy, and they finally were going to let him walk alone, he fell. And he said, Daddy, help me, help me. So like us, to our Heavenly Daddy, help me. Then I was told in a letter of a young child that was abused, tremendously abused. And finally, a couple adopted the child. And this is a true story, and the child would not eat from the table very much food. You'd take a spoonful and then stop. And they would say, why aren't you eating, honey? Why aren't you eating? And she said, because I'm not supposed to. You'll scold me. See, the first home lost the child because of abuse. And they spent so much on drugs and liquor. If the child would eat at the table, the child got scolded. So many people think God is going to scold them, and he isn't going to scold them. I want you to think with me that Psalm 35, and you know the balance in this. You all know our balance. The Lord takes great pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. That's Psalm 35:27. Now, this message isn't just in any way prosperity message. It's just telling you that he takes great pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. The word of God says in Job 36 and verse 11, if we obey and serve him, please think of this with me, we will spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasure, godly pleasure. In Psalm 16:11, that pleasure is at his right hand. It means it's in the finished work approval of the Father in Jesus Christ. As we begin to realize the tremendous needs today, and as you see what sickness does, and we will not go into the different diseases, how sickness eats away, brings sorrow, heartache, and pain. And while we understand the angelic conflict in Job said in chapter 1, that godly people, as well as everybody, receive good and evil. Keep that in mind. But I want you to see the heart of Almighty God. And I guess if, if I could get you to see God's heart and 
have you be reinforced with the Holy Spirit about God's heart toward you. I wouldn't have to speak long. And even as I speak, in the pleasure of God, some of you can be healed. Some have cancer, tumors, and other afflictions, kidneys, and liver, and heart conditions. And as Third John 2 is a very beautiful and precious verse, I wish above everything else. Do you hear that? The Holy Spirit saying through John, I wish above everything else that you would prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. The first thing that needs to prosper is the soul. And as you understand Psalm 41.4, it says this, Heal me, or heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. And God answered that prayer. The soul needs healing. We have today so many plagues. In Mark 3.10, many were healed as they pressed against him and had many plagues. Plagues in the New Testament, it's a very diverse synonyms for that. Plagues. Plagues from genetical curses. Plagues from thinking wrong premises. Plagues from hanging around wrong people. Plagues directly given from Satan in the world system. There are so many. A plague is supposed to destroy the entire soul. It's meant to destroy the body. A plague. Luke 6, 18 says that many that were vexed with unclean spirits were healed. Do you know an unclean spirit goes way beyond just unclean thinking? An unclean spirit is anything that isn't clean. Let me illustrate it. If I am not quickened according to loving kindness... And the psalmist said, quicken down me according to loving kindness in 119.88. If I am not living in loving kindness, I have a plague. I have an unclean spirit. I cleave to the dust. Quicken thou me according to your word in Psalm 119.40.25. Here's another verse. It is so natural to cleave to the dust. And the Word of God wants us to be quickened according to God's Word. I was with a young man this week, and he's here tonight, and it was such a thrill to be with him. He's a young man that got deeply into drugs, deeply into sin. But he has repented, and he loves God so deeply. And as we were riding in the car, and he testified to me about what God did with angels in his room. And he testified to me about demon forces, that when he was not on drugs or anything, that he saw. And how God beautifully delivered him and comforted him through the word of God. He was so tender. And I, he's been through so much, but he is so precious and healed. And he comes to all the services when he isn't working. But he was healed of, of plagues. He was healed of unclean spirits. Let's, first of all, get our souls healed. 
the soul with the conscience and self-consciousness, with the mind and emotions and volition, the soul with the old sin nature. The greatest thing that can happen to us is to have our soul healed and filled with God. Proverbs 18.14 says, The human spirit sustains thee. But in the original, it says, But a wounded soul, who can bear it? So many have been wounded and hurt. And the wounds are very deep. And I am so positively sure that the love of God and the Holy Spirit will move into the unknown territory to heal those wounds. Is it not true that in Luke 4.18, Jesus Christ came to heal the brokenhearted, didn't he? To set the captives free, to open the eyes of the blind, to set at liberty them that are broken to pieces, and to preach the acceptable year of God in Luke 4.18 and 19. When I think of this, A, he came to seek and save the lost, and that's what, Christians are all about. B, he came to give them an abundant life. I'm going to say this again because often you ask me to. I probably I say this several times a year. Many people try but do not triumph. They serve but they do not succeed. They go to war but they do not win. They have a relationship but they do not have fellowship. They have eternal life but they don't have an abundant life. They have union through salvation, but don't have communion. Can you remember those six things? Because Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that was lost, heal the brokenhearted, and then to give an abundant life. The Lord has so many times come where we were, and he, he loves us, and he offers us an abundant life. I want you to think that Abraham lied and sinned against God and Abimelech gave him some things. And The Bible said in Genesis 20, verse 17, that Abraham prayed for Abimelech after he lied to him, told Sarah to, you know what? And God interfered with the dream. And then Abimelech was healed. His wife was healed. His servants were healed. And she could have children. That's a pretty good prayer from a guy that just backslid. It is so unique in this business of healing. Now please listen to me. I'm not into so much what I say as the Holy Spirit touching you. The Word of God blessing you. The presence of God manifesting Himself to you. And the Word of God says... My hope is from Thee, and my expectation is from Thee. In Psalm 62, 5. And every time we go to God, whether we're alone or together, every time we bind things in prayer and loosen them, please remember this. Dear friends, there is an expectation. The Word of God says in Proverbs 24, 14, So shall the knowledge of wisdom be found. When you found it, you'll be rewarded, and your expectation shall not be cut off. Knowledge of wisdom. In other words, God says something through knowledge, and you apply it. That's the knowledge of wisdom. 
And then you get a reward. See? And your expectations shall not be cut off. Our precious Lord, in Numbers 21, when they were murmuring and backslidden, and the serpents went out to bite them, and God told Moses, put a brazen serpent on a pole, and they that are bitten shall look at it, and they will be healed. In verse 8. Now, it seems very unusual to be able just to look at something and have your body heal. And I want your soul to look at Jesus Christ, who became your sin bearer, who became somebody that saves forever, one that delivers, one that heals the mind, the emotions, the soul, the body. One that heals and gives providential reversals in your work and business in your family. We have an amazing hope in him. And that hope shall not be cut off. Now they could have looked at their bites and they would have died. They could have talked about the pain and they would have died. They could have confessed the terribleness of seeing others sick and they would have died. But when they looked unto Jesus Christ, they were healed. What I want you to notice, because it's so meaningful, when the Word of God says, seeing we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, staring, gazing, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. Consider him when sinners come against you. Don't faint. There's something about the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're filled with the Spirit and you say his name, when you hear a worship song, when you worship God in music, when you go to God and talk to him as a child, and you may have to say, as that child fell, help me, Daddy. Or the child that was abused didn't want to eat the food because they've been beaten for simply eating food. We have the privilege to really see that God's heart in Proverbs 3.8 is to heal the nervous system. And in the original, that's exactly what it says. God's word will heal the nervous system. It goes to work on the bone marrow in Proverbs 4.20 and 22, that the red and white blood cells. And the word of God goes to work in the bone marrow. See, the word of God, when David had sinned against God, and he said his bones were dry and old and there was no moisture in them, God renewed his spirit in Psalm 51. And David, was his bones were gloriously healed from aching. He couldn't sleep day and night. I believe that the reason many people are not healed, and I don't mean that you have sinned if you're not healed. Please understand that. But I believe why many aren't healed, they don't realize the depth of the power of God's love through his word. And as you begin to think about that, 
The word of God is quick and powerful. Receive your healing while the word is being taught, while the word is being preached. Reach out in that personal faith to God. I don't know what your need is. It may be wounds. It may be the emotions. It may be your soul. It may be your body. It may be a need to be comforted. But whatever it is, you reach out your faith and believe the word of God with all your heart. When the Bible teaches, have faith in God. Jesus was so precious and simplistic when he just said to them about the fig tree to his disciples he just said we have faith in God now it wasn't anything profound about that was it and whosoever shall say unto this mountain be removed and cast in the sea and shall not doubt the things that he saith whatsoever he saith and believeth he shall receive and then it goes on to say The things that you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you have them. But verse 25 of Mark 11 says this. When you stand praying for healing, if you have ought against anybody, totally forgive them so your heavenly Father can forgive you. Forgiveness that doesn't forget blocks healing in a church, blocks healing in a pastor, blocks healing in people. A forgiveness that doesn't forget completely isn't quickened in loving kindness. The psalmist said in 119.107, I am afflicted, quicken thou me with thy word. And I want you to see that the living word of God will deeply touch us. I mean the Holy Spirit of the living God hasn't changed at all. The same yesterday and today and forever. And as we look unto Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, let's lean upon him and trust him. Remember this, when the high priest brought the substitute, Leviticus 16, the high priest had to lean on the substitute because he too needed his sins forgiven and then when the first substitute was killed and then you remember the second substitute we shared with you recently the second substitute had the name of all of our sins to be taken away by a man and then the substitute that went away and had our sins upon them that was God saying to the devil You can never bring up those sins because of that substitute. I'd like to scapegoat God for one reason. To say any of those sins you can never bring up. And that substitute can never come back to remind you. You see, there is such power in love. Power in forgiveness. Power in compassion. Power in prayer. Power in rejoicing. Power to those that concentrate properly. Number one, our eyes are on Jesus Christ. Number two, our heart expects God to answer. Number three, we believe him because of his integrity. Number four, we receive what he's promised. And number five, we enter into his abundant life. And as you think of that with me, let me ask you a question. How much? Does God love you? How much will he do for his children? 
You know what you do for your children, anything you possibly could. But Luke 11, 11 to 13, how much more would our Heavenly Father do for His children? We can live in the expectation of everything He is by nature. We can live with our heart looking for promises to be fulfilled. We can live in anticipation and praise because we know the one that's changed our life. We know the one that's made us new creatures. We know the one that's taken us all of these years and given us happiness. And whenever something came in our life, once again, he would make us rejoice. And once again, through recovery, we would come back. This is the one that offers healing for the spirit, soul, and body. This is the one that said, I wish above everything else that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. And as our heart is fixed in Psalm 57, 7, it's something to have a heart that's fixed. It means you can't change it. As our mind is set in Colossians 3, 2, it means you can't change it. It's on those things above and not on those things below. As I witness in my heart Jesus healing those plagues. Oh, there were so many plagues. Jesus healing the unclean spirits that secretly caused problems way beyond promiscuity. Jesus healing needs and Jesus healing finances and Jesus healing relationships and Jesus healing marriages. And I've seen so many faces that just a few months ago your marriage was in turmoil. And probably somebody's saying, when is time going to change? No. But your marriage, <laughs> your marriage was in turmoil. And I see you now loving each other, walking together, and enjoying each other's presence because of a deep commitment to your relationship. And never forget what we said. A relationship without commitment never brings in the realization of its presence, the manifestation of its meaning. And remember this, a relationship to the cross, a relationship to God's character, without commitment, we will not receive the benefits daily, which the Word of God says. He gives us all kinds of benefits and texts. He loadeth us with benefits in Psalm 68:19. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com What a beautiful message. And to know the heart of God, to know God's heart towards us, it's amazing. The healing power that's there to understand the love of God. And Genesis 22, starting in verse 6, there's an account there of Abraham with his son Isaac. And it is one of the most controversial portions of Scripture. And this is when Abraham is about to sacrifice his son Isaac. In verse 10, he has the knife raised to kill his son. And 
you look at that and the liberal mind looks at that and rebels against that whole idea. What kind of a loving God would tell a father to kill his own son in some act of obedience? But really, in the spirit of the message that we just heard about the love of God and understanding God's heart and kindness towards us, isn't it amazing that Abraham came to this point of faith in his life? Really, we see him go through so many things in his life with his wife. And and Ishmael was born into the world because Abraham and Sarah were faltering in believing the promise of God. And yet here is mature Abraham going off with his son, having complete trust in God. And really we see that he ceased from mental competition with God. He no longer is overthinking the plan of God. He's no longer matching his intellect against God's intellect. He's received the love of God for his life. He's a mature man of faith. And he can go in obedience because he knows the heart of his father. He knows God is good and that God will not let him down. He has faith. And that Abraham is called the father of our faith because he believes God. And in believing God, God imputes righteousness to him. So to cease from mental competition with God, that I'm no longer matching my wits against the plan of God. I am no longer trying to draw him down to my level, giving him motives to what he does and what he doesn't do, and ascribing those things to him, of measuring his love against his performance. And we notice that in the grace economy, our relationship and our performance are two separate things. God gives us grace, and grace produces a capacity in us. And we learn to receive the love of God and understand that God's plan is perfect and that his way is past finding out, that he has a better plan, he has a better way of doing things, and that his heart of love is towards us. And so we can believe. We can receive the love of God and we can believe. And that is incredibly healing. Some teach that each situation comes our way so that we can learn something out of that. That God brings situations and difficulties into our lives. But I think in many ways, living a life with God is so simple. It's receiving the love of a father. It's trusting in God's goodness. We can unlearn unbelief. And that the situations of life bring us to a place where we learn not to believe, but that it disarms our unbelief. And here's Abraham, knife raised, ready to sacrifice his son, because God has disarmed the unbelief in his life and has replaced it with an amazing relationship that Abraham can trust. Even with the thing that's most precious to him, he can trust God. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. Yes, those sweet words that were spoken in that message about God's love, about God's healing, about God's care, they apply to you. They apply to you. Maybe you've been trying to 
figure things out. Maybe you've been trying to match your wits against an almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful God. And it hasn't worked very well for you. But faced with the reality of the cross that you cannot understand, that Jesus, our Savior, would die while you were his enemy, you're never going to figure that out. You can only receive it as a free gift. Once you receive the love of God and the Spirit comes to reside within you and you are changed, then the cross begins to make sense. Then God's love begins to make sense because it makes sense once you receive it. Will you receive it today? Will you ask Christ to be your Savior? Will you lay down all those thoughts that would keep you away from God and receive that salvation as a free gift? Jesus died on a cross for you. He was buried. He rose. And he has a desire that this gift would change your life. Receive it today. Pray a prayer, something like this. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Come into my life. Change me. Cleanse me. Transform me, I pray. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name.